आई वी एम Turning a crazy and ambitious idea that started over a cup of coffee into a successful venture is like a dream coming true for an entrepreneur. If you are an entrepreneur planning to be one or if you generally feel motivated by such stimulating stories then this episode is for you. Welcome to Absolutely Right, a show designed to celebrate and decode minds of some amazing achievers. I'm your host Aditi Sarana. I'm a graphologist and a high performance coach. Our guest today Rohit Samtani is a co-founder of a pop culture merchandising brand The Soul Store. Rohit currently looks into the branding and communication, marketing and customer relations for the company. Bootstrap with just an initial amount of 175000, thesoulstore.com is an e-commerce platform. They sell licensed merchandising for multiple global brands from Star Wars, Friends, The Lord of the Ring to Tom and Jerry. You just name it. The t-shirt warehouse might be the only place in the galaxy where all superheroes from the Marvel and DC world hang together literally. In this episode Rohan shared some insights of his adventurous journey. We spoke about his learnings on the way to build a young and fast growing company like theirs. How the famous Roses are red, violets are blue, let's smash patriarchy, me and you t-shirt was actually created as a fundraising campaign for an NGO that works with young girls around menstrual hygiene and finally what was my graphological analysis of his recurring thoughts of self doubt in spite of all his achievements rohin is a chemical engineer turned entrepreneur with a passion for finance and filmmaking he will join us on the other side of the short break stay tuned Hello everybody. Welcome to another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Want to let you all know about two new shows that we've launched this week. The first one is Millennial Athlete hosted by Tanvi and Shlok. Both of them are, you know, they spent their life playing badminton and they know a lot of athletes and they want to talk about the particular challenges that athletes face. Really really great conversations. Do definitely check that out. The other show that I wanted to mention you that we launched this week is Nankari. Nankari is a show about the it's about food and the history of food and the economics around food and its consumption and all that kind of stuff. It's a really really interesting conversation. It's hosted by Sadaf, the author chef and former MasterChef India finalist and Archit who is a researcher who writes on behavioral science and economics. Definitely definitely worth checking out. Besides that we had a great week as always, right? You know, great stuff on all the normal shows. Do check those out. But with that, let me get you back to your show. Hi Rohit, thank you for joining Hello. us on the show. Uh, I am I'm really curious about where this whole journey of Soul Store started for you. Hmm. Again, I've answered this a lot of times, but I have this reverse, so it's good. Um, <laughs> um it is it 2000 2013 actually, but like so three of us started it. Uh we met at a finance firm where we were working okay um so we started we all of us are engineers uh, from different colleges in bombay itself uh we left and eventually landed up at the same uh, finance firm okay uh, it was a it is a it's called prestista financial services uh, so it works with a lot of pe funds and a lot of uh, financial modeling and analysis and stuff like that so we were there is a two year analyst kind of program uh, which you which they have set up and post that you can choose to leave choose to remain like just progress from there um two of us completed two years uh the third one of my partners aditya so the two of the partners are aditya and vedang okay uh aditya left one and a half uh, years and he's like i'm done i can't do this anymore uh and i want to start something and during that period of time we had started discussing that we want to do something so little bit of idea there we had multiple ideas of what we want to do so um, it began with the idea to start something and then this became one of the ideas yeah, so there were like a few ideas and oh. then we were trying pros and cons of everything but all of them were very interest based like we we even wanted to start a cafe at one point and i still want to do that at some point <laughs> in my life so uh so this came about because we saw a lot of opportunity uh in the space um it is pop culture centric we are fans we've grown up with these movies and tv shows and comic books and all of it um so it was very like interest based like we do want to do 
what we love and that, the reason why the there's a there's the word soul in the brand name is also because we wanted to really do something that came from within uh that we that we really like because I, at at the end of one and a half two years we realized that we're not we're not looking forward to this monday that we need to go to office for so we wanted this should be like a good uh, litmus test on uh, do you want to go back to are you excited to go to work on a monday morning I, I am now I am I am obviously there are ups and downs sure. but uh, overall yes like it is super exciting there's always something happening so there's a lot of problems for a young bunch of yeah. boys to pick up word like soul was like so un uncanny right like you would not expect them to do it and also uh, your brand is not only about superheroes but about some form of social messaging so you would like slap on some uh norms in the society but won't talk much about it so when did that begin yeah so it goes back to why and we're learning a lot of this evolving along the way like we've evolved tremendously in the last over 7 years now um and the sole purpose for an organization to exist is to do let's say is to do good like you mm-hmm. know in every aspect if it's people you have to treat your people well uh you have to look out for them Uh, there are 400 people in the organization right now and that's a lot of people and the thing is you we are actually responsible for each one of them um so you have to take care of it so you are you existing to do good uh so that's a lot of like dilemma even here so sure. you currently we are far away from being like doing good in every aspect of the business right so uh, there's certain extent to the people the the envi- the environmental impacts of an organization existing mm-hmm. itself like if i'm not sourcing organic cotton i am impacting in right. some negative way so we are always moving towards that like so a a social campaign existing uh as part of our dna has to be there over the years we've done a lot of them now we are like okay fine we keep doing them uh, there's no uh, there's no process around it but now we have like we are like, these are the three four things we care about this is the frequency we want to do it in like every quarter should be something where a positive impact is being made nice currently there's an a campaign running for wildlife animals uh yep. so extinction so there's this series of t-shirts uh one campaign of ours actually went viral very recently with uh, yeah, for all the wrong reasons <laughs> i got a lot of calls yes? for it so tell uh, us tell on, us about it how was the journey what happened on with that campaign So, like I know everybody posting it, reposting yeah. it. So we did it a couple of years back with an organization called Give Her Five, uh, based out of Bombay. What they do is uh, focus on menstrual hygiene for women, uh, for rural women who can't afford it. So okay. they've created a product which is recyclable, uh, sanitary napkins. napkins. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, we they, we came across them and we started speaking to them and we're like. our agenda over there was hey what is the like yes sanitary napkins but where is it stemming from its women empowerment or like that lack of equality uh which is the bigger issue a bigger issue so like okay fine how do we tap into that and like make a whole thing around it so okay people who need to buy uh people would buy a product if, like no one's wearing a serious thing on that t-shirt sure. and roaming around you might buy it but do we we want wearability as well because you want to spread the message as well right so um so that's why these roses are red poems we did a lot of this nonsense in our office as well like we just keep doing a lot of this uh people are really cooking the organization so like roses are red random rhymes with roses are red was always happening and we were like okay fine let's maybe incorporate this to send out a message so these t-shirts had these kind of poems which are very wearable i still wear them mm-hmm. um and on the other side you're tapping into uh, raising money for a cause which is uh, much larger much larger and direct like you are helping uh, a woman for a year for every t-shirt that you buy as simple as that to understand buy a t-shirt help for a year uh, and it just got famous again you know why but mm-hmm. uh, But yeah, that's all. If again, the listeners are not aware of it, let's talk about it. Ria Chakraborty wore the T-shirt which had your messaging, the yeah. yeah, the poem, and then everybody kept on reposting the message, and people had very positive and very negative comments about that messaging. So yeah, 
Yeah, so we went viral for the wrong reasons, but what we got out of it, and we debated a lot about this internally. We're like, should we just relaunch it because too many people are asking for it? Mm-hmm. So, yes, relaunching it seems like a very opportunistic thing to do, but we're like, we're not. We're just raising money, not even for ourselves. So, might as well do it. We sold the same amount again because this was so much more viral. We are so much more bigger mm-hmm. uh, now. So we doubled that uh, mm-hmm. this time. So it was great. Like the NGO was happy, we were happy, <laughs> and we removed it after a point because we didn't want to. Like when context is lost, when this news, when this again, media cycles work that way yeah. where it's now. If now when someone goes on the website, they might buy it for the wrong reason. So we sure. like, we've taken it off. So we kept it on for a few days. Did the whole thing. Uh, yeah. So uh, when did you experience the first? <clears throat> point of success like you know you began three of you thought about it yeah you said okay let's just jump in and figure this out this is this looks like a cool idea and in 2013 or 14 there were many brands who were doing t-shirt messaging so it yeah. wasn't like an, like a different or unique concept yeah. you probably did it with a different angle or different style but it wasn't a new concept to begin yeah. with so how did you meet the first point of success so the thing is the first point of success was actually immediately because okay. what happened in june we started on june 7th 2013 and what happened in the month of june itself was we were we through a contact we approached uh, the nh7 weekender uh, so oml the organization yeah. we got in touch with them saying hey we want to do merch for you guys for the music festival that's going to happen it happens end of the year in november mm-hmm. december so we are like we finally approached them and it's a bunch of people who just started or not even started a company uh, or a website and obviously they were going to dismiss us but what worked to our advantage is that two years of uh, financial backing because when we went in there and showed them our projections and financial modeling and impressed them with how good we are at numbers they were like okay fine these guys know what they're doing mm. uh, they seem uh, confident of executing what they're saying so we got that in june which was wow. incredible because wow. it was a great jump start because over the years even couple of years down the line we were being approached because we did these weekend of festivals sure. so it was a great uh, wow. jump start to everything so that was the first one it was right off the bat actually but you knew how to do the numbers but how about the other aspects of running a business Oh, so, so you first just, got the order and then figured it yeah, out. Yeah, figure it. <laughs> no, but like you know, learning about the business or how to run an organization, working for those two years, and I would say this to anyone who wants to start something, work for a couple of years and work at a good organization for a couple of years. So, if you go to a this organization that we worked at, worked at for two years, it was incredibly well managed. We learned so much about managing people and how to be professional and how to get work done. and we i think they we are still getting there on how well they do it and how, how well that organization is run so um it's that was a great learning curve so a lot of that was learned in the two years of working and the rest of it which is how do you like your pitching merchandise to the festival but like how are you going to get it done but that was just running uh getting running around doing things we were standing at our manufacturing units at 12 am also we were like okay fine tomorrow we need to drive to the festival with this uh, <laughs> merchandise because like manif- it's so unorganized when you're working with outsourced manufacturers that it's very very unpredictable you'll get a call saying hey everything is ready when you reach there is like no i've not even started so uh, it's that level of uh, uh disorganization that you're dealing with um so that was just figured along the way like you still we still struggle with manufacturers like but we've tried to balance that out with our own in-house manufacturing so yeah so one of the things uh, that i discovered about you guys which was very interesting to know that in the lockdown you did not fire anybody from your organization yeah. we didn't we didn't um so the way to go i mean is not the right way to lot the right we i mean we were very clear that we will cut salaries and we did do that for a couple of months uh, but we won't let people go uh, that was very clear again we are very people first in a sense that i again are you doing good are you that that conscience is very clear that 
you can't uh, do bad to people um but i will be very honest there were a couple of people who were let go very few like there'll be a couple of people who let go uh, in that period of time also, it is very performance based yeah very normal course, course so yeah. nothing was to do with the pandemic uh and we hear, we heard a lot of stories around us where you heard a lot of news publication i think those stories went viral where so many a full team was let go and, and, and large like. corporates who could have managed yeah. but they have you know you exactly, know this right? as a way to cut cost exactly so the thing is when the biggest of people do it if i do it or if we do it i can justify and people will be like yeah it's in the news everyone does it so uh, a small organization like ours won't be as affected so we could do it like you know but of course it's just it's just that we just didn't want to do it uh a lot of people just stepped up during that organization during this uh, period and- of a couple of months uh people who were on pay cuts and all of that everyone just understood like we were very transparent open with constant communication on what's happening at our end why we're doing this we spoke to our teams uh the managers spoke to them we spoke to them like eventually we covered everyone just to make them understand hey like and the thing is at the we felt terrible about it because you don't want to be running an organization when you can't pay salaries sure um, that's so so pressurizing to and then like the lo- and the thing is we've come out very like we've come out much stronger out of the pandemic because of so much learning where like it it's unfathomable or like it defies logic that you've been running an organization for 7 years and you can't survive for 2 months so it doesn't make sense because we work on so much like you're not you're like okay fine if i have money or profits i'm going to reinvest i'm going to go bigger because you don't have that functions way. function yeah. like that you know that's like a style yeah. the way we go about but we've like learned from that we're like okay we need to have buffers in place like you know what if a lockdown happens again like what do you want are we going to make the same mistakes again no so we've like backtracked we've those two months have been great for taking a step back because everything was stalled sure. so it's great to take a step back and just reassess everything that we're doing because if we didn't have this lockdown at least in our case we would have not been better off like we've just come out stronger so that's been great So if you think back and if you think about two three uh turning points in your journey uh what would you say what were they um i mean one of them i can the decision in 2015 to go the licensed merchandise way because we hadn't done that for one and a half years okay. um the the reason we started initially was um uh, yes you want to make cool products with cool designs and it was supposed to be more artist centric uh, where loads of artists around the country or around the world make designs we can be a platform where they can uh, sell their stuff they can earn royalties and stuff like that but we soon realized that of we soon realized that a great design is not the same as a great selling product so i might appreciate a design but i might not end up buying it mm. um and then we started exploring we explored like also illegally with themes like you can't really put a flintstones design without having the license but we had done that uh, and we learned learned along the way but in 2015 we this was a great decision of going the licensed merchandise route because again that was very nascent no one was really doing it um so when we did that now you see like that's what we built the brand around uh so that was a great turning point um And how did you bigger, manage, how did you manage to convince people like you know your small the, startup from india to get like the license merchandising license or um i think what was happening during that time was also that your disney's and the turner broadcasting which does the uh, the warner brother properties which is harry potter and friends and big bang theory and stuff like that they were also exploring this anyway like it wasn't that they were there and like now if you ask them maybe they'll question a small brand who uh, wants to now do this because sure. they'll question it because they are very concerned about how you project them as a brand so in that at that period of time i think they were just experimenting anyway so they were just coming into the and they if they wanted to experiment who are they really going to go to because there was no one mm-hmm. uh, who was doing this so we got lucky uh, to be just it's the right place at the right time and luck plays a very important factor uh, in everything So yeah I think right place right time they were they were looking they were open to it basically okay what other thing that like you're saying um 
I think the second one would be in 2000, end of 2018 when you got funded. Uh, I think there was a big decision and turning point in our lives, in the organization's life, where uh, we were very against taking funding. Where we were like, we might lose control. We might, uh, you know, we'll be... Um, doing jobs almost again. Yeah, doing jobs almost. And uh, our, is our direction going to be more like, is our instructions going to come from there? Uh, yeah. Do this, do that. Like, so it goes back to the control. But uh, it's that. But we met a lot of people. Uh, waited a lot. We must have started thinking about this. And let's say it was always on our mind, but we kept dismissing it. But actively, maybe looking at 2017, back and forth, not the right person. They seem too uh, kind of people who might be super involved in the day to day. We didn't want that. We didn't want the direction to be lost and we wanted to have that freedom. So when we found an investor, which we did in 2018, we, I think, uh, they checked all these boxes uh, for our, for us. And so that was great. Uh, so that was a good turning point in a positive way because that's just a step up in like your organization's life. Uh, but there's a negative impact to it, which we realized, I think that is one of the challenges also that came along the way that when you have now suddenly this backing uh i think the for the for 6 to 8 months we i think we grew too fast and okay. i think a lot of people make this mistake and the thing is we read about this also and still we ended up <laughs> there which is really stupid but uh you grow too fast you hire too quickly uh you're like oh, fine i mean we were very uh the four of us now uh look into the day to day a lot more but we're like oh, fine as an organization or as a leader you need to start stepping away, start concentrating your time over like other bigger things, like give more direction and don't get into the nitty gritties of uh, the smallest of things. So we get like a middle management in place, but we hired so fast that we hired the wrong people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so that was again a mistake, which you, I think it comes with the funding. We went faster because you're looking fine. Like that's the thing that funding gets you, right? You, right. you move faster. So made that mistake. Uh, but now again, we've reassessed everything and we are in a much better place. We hire, I think we are hiring the right people now because hiring is so damn important in everything. Because I think if you hire the wrong team, you're just stalling your own growth because everything just moves slower. So and these are the two things, I think. retrain and you have to go yeah, through the same it's curve. a waste of time, massive waste of time. So one thing I'm I'm seeing as a pattern, you know, when startups or entrepreneurs talk about their journey... Sometimes they're driven by passion over logic and they constantly yeah. keep, you know, making emotional decisions. Yeah. One sure. thing I'm, I'm hearing, and I'm not saying this based on your handwriting, which we will get into, yeah. but I feel as an organization, you all of you are committed to make more logical decisions over yeah. making more emotional. Is, is it about being in, engineers and being coming from financial background? Does that help? It definitely has a role to play. And over the years, we've learned that uh, along the way because we were doing like, let's say you'll do release certain products or you'll release certain designs, which are, it used to come from us. So like, you know, I like it. If you see, I'll show you the t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. I love these kind of t-shirts. It's a a t-shirt from the movie Fight Club, uh, which I absolutely love. And this was a design we made, must have made a few years ago, but, um, and I would be like, I want to do this design. This is so cool. But when you end up doing it, no one's buying it. Like, it's not big enough. Like, you know, so you learn that because this, this is an emotional decision where it's just purely based on what I like. But now we're more data driven. We're like, we, yes, I might not like that design on the website, but that is what sells. And like, you are running a business. Uh, so you can't get hooked on to your personal life. So we've had a lot of internal debates on let's do this, let's do that. So we've moved away from our personal kind of uh, thing and moved more towards what the what the customers are saying, sure. what data tells us. So that's the logical part that comes into play now, which is so much more successful and smarter. Another things, another thing that you have done for sure is the enormous um, number of collaborations that you do on a yeah. regular basis. Now, are you the person who is responsible for that? And it's how do you? How do you manage this whole, because people talk about collaborations, but actually getting to it and successfully doing it, it becomes like it is a lot of work, I believe. Yeah. And it's a mixed bag of 
because it collaborations work a lot through contacts as well so like uh through and through if i got someone in place so i just take that forward so it works also like that but uh, a lot of what we did initially was just very collapse if the thing is if you see the model of what we do which is official merchandise it's a collab in a way anyway uh so you're collaborating with a disney uh so that core is still there but we expanded that to uh what are the what are customers now uh listening to or watching or interested in or consuming on social media uh so we then went in the direction of stand up comedy and musicians and stuff like that which came initially through the weekender uh, collab anyway but those kind of collabs when we had we were doing aib merch so that was great for us we sure. were working with like i think every big stand up comedian at one point was doing merch with us which is kenny sebastian or the pretentious movie reviews or uh, the aib and then the musicians like nuclear and uh, everyone basically so we that was a great kickstart and the reason for doing that was just purely when you do collab your audience just multiplies uh, and that's the smartest way to go and initially when we started was when i say it was an artist platform that's again a collab uh, which was that artist is going to speak about that design that is on this website so their friends are now their fr- their friends now know about us so uh, and we've just realized and i think we and you say we've done a lot of uh, collabs but i i still feel we, we don't do that enough okay. uh, where i think we need to now do bigger collabs like you need to make this a bigger bigger deal uh, by collaborating with different brands we might take inspiration from the nike's and the netflix and um, a lot of brands that we take inspiration from uh but what we realized that um uh, there is a time and place for doing that so if i in 2017 if i start talking about collaborating with a celebrity it doesn't make sense like that's not the right mm-hmm. time to do it so like it's we there's always and that's the kind of uh, sensibility and uh, wisdom that you i think realize uh, that comes to you where you need to wait it out like there's a right time to do this like so i can't do a collaboration with a roger federer in 2013 like it i can't do that so so like build that build that credibility have but having the, that you you set out for it you you knew that one day federer is something that you're looking for and then you keep building yourself to qualify yeah. to that so now we are exploring these options where hey like does a celebrity endorsement make sense like it's expensive but like we can't take so how much is it going to cost me and does that make sense to take that this right now even if it pays even if it it's so uh, not direct like how do i uh, how do i understand that this worked or not because it's so brand like so much of a branding play than a numbers play sure. so we might pay money for it like okay fine we let's see what happens because again the conversation is we'll never take a risk like that so we'll never know so we'll always be there so the thing is now let's just take that risk let's just see what happens like just be prepared for that loss uh, and if you so, can take that loss cool and if you're okay with that fine so it's that kind of thinking where you have to take that risk otherwise you just remain stagnant so to the next segment uh, i have your handwriting sample in front of me yeah what would you like me to comment about or what are the questions that you are pondering upon that i can look at your writing and talk about so being a graphologist i have this ability or study in the subject yeah. where i can interpret personalities based on writing so we're not going to talk about handwriting but we're going to talk about your personality and your decision making or the challenges that you have in front of you okay so i noted down a few questions because i did a little bit of googling on uh, this as well so i'm like what okay. kind of questions what does it answer what kind of questions can it answer for me so like i noted down a few personality based things that i want to know uh i mean i'm just it's just a maybe in some of the cases i know what it is but i think does my handwriting say it is a interesting thing to find out but uh, for example i feel i'm a very curious person uh and i'm always like always up to something uh, so curiosity is something i wanted to know about like does my handwriting say that yes actually i would say curiosity is you know sometimes about intellectually exploring things and uh, having an opinion about it or or learning about new things 
I would say your case is more exploration. Like you want to have an experience of that thing. You want to have your opinion after trying things out. Even if it is at a smaller scale, you will do it. Even if it is at a, you know, like a, in, you know, in one fine experience, you try something and you build your understanding around it. You do that, but you do not give opinions. You do not build opinions without having tried it yourself. So that oh, that's desire really, that's spot on actually. <laughs> Thank you. So when you when you explore something, when people come up with you know uh, an idea or just okay, let's do this, let's jump into it, you would not say yes or no until and unless you haven't built your understanding into it firsthand. Yeah. This for sure, it, like this definitely slows down your decision making process, and that becomes sure. really. Uh, irritating or other people might be getting impatient about it but it is how you you believe in it so your conviction comes from this process so please hold on to it do not just drop it I think that's exactly what it is uh, I just reiterate that with uh, what I've been up to during the lockdown because I've okay. done a lot of this during the lockdown <laughs> okay. where I've just explored too many things like I've I've become a really good cook uh, okay. So I cook every almost now. Now when I've started going back to work, is lesser, but uh, at least thrice a week I'm having I'm cooking the dinners. Uh, I have because movies and video players such are important. I like always attracted to. I want to be a filmmaker at one point. So okay. which I again again I want to do that at some point. So um, after your cafe or before your cafe. I think it's just along the way. Like I think <laughs> I'm not too well planned with my life. I think maybe that's something my handwriting should say as well. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But um, I've I've tried my hand at video editing. So like a few videos I've like learned it, and then a few people wanted videos made. So I'm like, cool. I made a video even for the Soul Store. Where I'm like, I'm in the warehouse. I want to shoot something. It's a practice. What can I shoot? What helps? What can be? What can go up on social media anyway? So I did that. Or now I'm in the process of learning the guitar. Uh, again, actually, I've given up twice on it. So this is my third attempt at it. So, um, yeah, so that's one. But it's also, I think, uh, what also comes down to it too is when you explore too many things, when you're so curious about everything, is um, you don't, uh, you're not like either you're jack of all and master of none uh, or you're the master of one where you deep dive when you do video editing, I will deep dive into it and do 100% there or like much more there. But my personality tends to move from things to things because I just want to experience it. Which I agree with. Like I, I agree with your impulsive jumping into different things as a personality trait. But I have one point to make here. Yeah. As a larger idea, I feel you want to, you're curious about building a business. You're curious about creating these models, different models, but you are committed to find your formula underneath that. So when you approach every business, every idea, every exploration, keeping that larger, you know, mastering, where you say master of one, this is the mastering process that you're at. But it may become non-linear and that is okay. You may know so many people who while cooking discover their ideas about business and while uh, playing guitar, they actually yeah. uh, know what is the issue with the, the employee that they're dealing with. So your mind, the way it functions, and this is my request to you, uh, explore this idea. But many people, they believe focus is about shutting all other distractions and focusing on one thing, which which was the thing. But this is not true. Your mind can focus on multiple things and you can actually tune in on one area deeper. For some people, that distraction helps to focus mm -hmm. better on one thing. So when you don't have distractions, for example, in the lockdown, you could have just chilled and you could have just taken yeah. time off but you cannot do it the way your brain functions it has uh, has to be active it has it requires yeah. stimulations and if you understand that mechanism then you will kind of feed your brain in, in a different way compared to yeah. fighting it why am i not focused so this is this is your path you will always be distracted in many things as long as you keep your focus or your larger idea of mastering the formula under, under your business building I think you'll be yeah. able to make all these lessons into one big plan. Yeah. And I think the great part about running a business is that you can tap into so many things, yes. uh, which I do. So yeah, great. Yeah. Okay. I have one more question on the handwriting because I think this is my main problem. 
So I'm going to bring that up, which is I feel uh, I'm not the most confident person around. Uh, there is this lack of confidence. I think it's been there uh, throughout my life. So it comes with like when you're super shy as a person, as growing up uh, or it's now. So it plays up at certain, like I might not seem really underconfident as I speak to you now, but like there are moments or there are things that shake you uh, or unsettle you and it shakes your confidence and you're always questioning yourself. I think it works in two ways. One, yes, it's very negative in how it works, uh, your lack of confidence because you need to be so decisive as a leader uh, and like all of that. So that's one where it maybe slows down your decision making, like you said, but it also works in a very, I've realized that I think it works in a positive way where when I am under, let's say I'm meeting you right now and uh, I'm, I, with your, like when I'm really confident about myself, I might dismiss anything that you say, like, because that comes with, like that might go into arrogance, but because I'm underconfident, I'm always being like, you might be right. You know better. You uh, know your know what you're talking about, or like whatever, right? So it it works even in a positive way that I'm always seeing the positive in a person uh, because I'm seeing the negative in myself. So it works like outwardly, it works positive. So that's what I've observed about this confidence thing that I deal with. So uh, there are two aspects to confidence when we speak about. Okay, one is how you feel about yourself. And second is confidence, as we understand, when I'm interacting with the other, especially the, mm. the social circle or the work circle, how can how confident I project myself to yeah. be? So two aspects. So the first one, do you doubt yourself genuinely? If you are not talking about yourself or not presenting something to the other person in your personal private dialogue in the mirror, I do not think you have low confidence. You know your limitations, you evaluate yourself critically and you know where you stand. Now, the kind of doubts that you feel, all of us feel the feel them because we fail, our strategies fail, our work fails. So all of that is happening. Or you compare yourself to other people. So that also yes, is a... That also yeah. plays, plays on your mind. So yeah. these are normal tendencies, but at a larger level, I do not think that f- lack of confidence is your problem. I don't think that is a problem. I feel... Mm. But the very moment you step out and when you present yourself to the other people, then you want to hide or shy away or kind of cover yourself. And I'm saying this very confidently because handwriting talks about who you are, whereas Mm. signature, which is built for your public projection, your official identity, uh, talk about how you present yourself at Mm. work or in social scenarios. In your case, the projected image, the signature has a cover-up, has a, a, a oh, kind yeah, of encircling. That, yeah. that is, it's, it comes with a lot of self-criticism and it also comes with a lot of covering up. Now, a part of you, you're constantly hiding, probably because as a child, you were criticized or you were compared a lot or people thought that you're not good enough in whichever way. So mm. when you take yourself to people in general, you... Yeah are always tiptoeing in the situation. You only say things that they can handle or they would not resist. But internally, you believe in your ideas, whether they agree with it or not. But you wait for the environment to be comfortable for you to move forward in your ideas. Oh, for sure. Like The people you're with matter so much and the vibe you get in a room where you're like, you're more open or you're not. Um, Yeah, for sure. So when you look at that and when you see that as your kind of a slight challenge, you'll realize that you are being limited by how they perceive you. So if tomorrow in a room they don't agree with you, you might not say what you believe in, whereas you actually believe in it. You actually want to say these things and working on that area would really be helpful for you to move forward. Yeah. At the core of it, you're right. Like, I, my opinion or my belief is not really changing, but it's outwardly, like you said, like maybe then I question um, is this is what I believe, but am I believing differently from society or am I in my own bubble? But my bubble doesn't really change, but you question your bubble. So yes, you can't question your bubble. Also, I think you would find yourself doing this a lot. You say, one day I will reach this point where I'll have enough data supporting money, success, backing me 
for them to change their opinion because so you would not confront them but you would wait it out so what you're saying about right time to reach that point is also one way of looking at it but i'm mm. i'm look, looking at your writing i'm questioning that because sometimes you might be taking that time only to convince them to believe in you yeah whereas you know if you start uh, probably doing things that you believe in it might help them to believe in you faster oh yeah because that's what lack of confidence does right because you don't end up taking the risk uh, so you shy away from it so if you don't do it nothing is going to happen so that's what i've definitely changed where now if i believe like and it's taken me a few months to like deal with this where but now when i do it and i just do it like i'm like you know because you have to see like no one's going to believe words uh sure. and they're going to believe like hey yo this is what i'm saying this is what it looks like and it's worked like honestly it's worked where uh when i show people what i was talking about or when i get it done when i get it executed with a videographer or a designer or whatever it is for i'm doing uh people are convinced like like hey that was a good idea or let's do this you know i think as a, as a discipline every month you should do something that would push you out of your comfort zone and slowly yeah. and steadily that would become your second nature but every month be committed like create a chart make sure that you do something every single month which is uncomfortable yeah. and if it about is with people if it is about projecting it's about so invite invite discomfort invite yeah, yeah, yeah. rejection rejection is a bigger problem than self confidence i feel Mm. in your case you do not know how to handle rejections oh i think that's true like yeah 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 for sure i take it personally so so yes yeah yes so like because if you know this is the area i'm working on or if you choose to pick that up the area as a, as your area next area to work on then invite rejections go into those zones and just tiptoe you know how if you want to learn swimming one day you start with shallow waters so similarly do things where you know that these rejections not going to matter to me but invite yeah. them slowly and steadily you will be able to deal with them better but that's the only way to go around it if For you sure. fear rejection the only way is to to throw yourself you know public speaking they say that if you are uncomfortable start speaking in front of smaller groups and then you will break that that that's, discomfort so that's one of them that i need to do because public speaking is a thing uh, because i'm very comfortable one on one so even right now um but yeah so my thing is i think i need to try open my comedy stand up comedy so uh, <laughs> stand up comedy true. might really roast you instead of you <laughs> roasting them so I, i would say begin with like smaller group of people like not mm-hmm. in your office because you know everybody but uh, in like make sure that people invite you to smaller gatherings where you speak up and you kind of say things and then slowly and steadily when you Sorry. can deal with uh, the rejection or somebody rolling Putting their eyes yeah yeah and then move to the uh, open mic but if you start with open mic probably that would be the last conversation you would be having in public so don't <laughs> the, don't the, the thing with open mics is that uh, because you're a first time person doing it for the first time and it's like really amateur out there uh, everyone's very supportive from what i've seen that's why uh, that was one of the options that i thought of okay. but, please yeah. explore then if that yeah. is the, that is the case works yeah. Perfect. So, so my question to you if hmm. we have to look at your journey uh with the with the venture uh, or in life which was your favorite failure till date Okay so my uh my biggest I think my biggest failure uh in life was before this company started and like all of that because I was directionless in life so mm-hmm. uh, so it's a lot of that like where I was I got into engineering because I didn't know what else I wanted to do. So uh and I think a lot of engineers will tell you this but uh <laughs> I got into engineering and I hated it right in the first 6 months. But and even if I say I want to quit engineering in this first 6 months what so now what cool you want to quit it what do you want to do? I don't know. But I know I don't want to do this but I went with it and then you stuck around and you tried to like it and then the biggest failure came when i flunked a year i flunked engineering because i did not study okay. i did not care to study for it uh i was just in my own like doing other things or like whatever there's a, so much resentment around this is not what i want to do so 
maybe you stay away from it and in certain in certain cases certain people will be like cool they'll be like i will let me just get done with this let me put in that effort and do it but my mind didn't work that way then um but yeah that i flunked a year so i've completed my engineering in 5 years instead of 4 but that one year that i had off i did a lot of interesting things uh where i explored my love for filmmaking i did a filmmaking course i made a couple of short films during the course and after that i wrote a couple of things so i developed a love for like something else <laughs> and also finance like i got into the finance scene uh, or like learning more because again i had like again i think i focused my energy elsewhere and uh, learned more about that that's why in the end after the engineering there was a financial opportunity or like a opportunity to work at a finance firm which uh, i ended up taking instead of like the chemical or uh, chemical engineering stream that i did which i absolutely hate uh, <laughs> so yeah i think that was the biggest failure and i think it taught me a lot because right. and it stems from that right like you have to do what you love like you can't be forcing yourself day in and day out uh, doing things that you just do not like so sure sure i am glad that you flunked yeah and the thing is it's great because things work work in life a certain way because if i hadn't if i done my engineering regular in the regular time frame and let's say worked at the same company after that Uh, which I did, but I wouldn't have met my sure. two partners because they joined the year I did. So nothing, none of them would have worked out. So I'm glad. So it was yeah, a great. Yeah, and connecting to the point, connecting to the first point that I was making, that instead of being focused, if you understand that your new learnings actually add up, this is exactly what I was referring yeah. to. That when yeah. you explore without a plan, you also land up at places that you didn't plan to, but they actually contribute to a larger idea. When you look Now, back. You, uh, yeah, but whatever happens in the hindsight, if you understand, is also happening in the moment. Then you won't yeah. fight yeah. it as yeah. much as we do, right? For sure. So, Rohin, last question: Is there any quote? Is there any mantra? Is there any go-to statement that you have which helps you continue the journey, or you know, help you in the downfalls and yeah. and difficult times? Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a quote person, but there was one I came across recently. which is really interesting and i think it totally applies to me that's why i have it up on my wall um okay. i i heard this uh, so there's this comedian called uh, dave chapel who mm-hmm. i absolutely love uh, okay. and he's hilarious i think the best stand up comedian i've ever seen uh, so he won a mark twain prize recently or something like that and he was on stage and he was giving his speech after winning um and he spoke about this quote that his mom uh, used to tell him when he was growing up and the quote was uh sometimes you have to be a lion to be the to be the lamb that you really are so uh i think it totally applies to me because like we spoke about this from myself right you have to be that lion you have to like put yourself out there so you can be who you really maybe want to be uh so i i i heard that i'm like wow like i love it because It totally applies. Every day, I'm to do something to become a lion. Yeah, so you need to take like what you said, right? You need to put yourself in uncomfortable positions to be that lion. I mean, to project yourself as lion because that outwardly confidence is what uh, you have to project in front of others. You have to fake it if you have to. So, uh, yeah. So I love that quote because it applies to me. Sure. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was Thank very so interesting much. to hear your. success story and all the challenges from the you know from from your perspective it was really really yeah, i hope it's helpful i hope there's some takeaway because otherwise people just listen to this and they'll be like that's a waste of time i listen to a lot of podcasts and like i switch off if it's not like adding value to my life so sure. i hope this does and and i think that that should be the case right like the whole attempt that we make every time we create an episode we are like okay we have to deliver to somebody who is willing to learn explore themselves yeah. through these conversations that's why the conversations are real raw and not uh, crafted and we didn't give you any questions before yeah. for the same yeah. reason yeah perfect and it was really Thank comfortable you. i thought like how is it going to be uh, but it was seamless so that was amazing i was super comfortable <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so awesome. much for being on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Absolutely Right. What did you learn from this conversation? 
What was your favorite part? Send me your feedback and questions on my Instagram handle at Aditi Surana. Every Friday, I take one topic from the list of questions you send me and find the best possible way to solve that problem. You know, things I say in my high performance coaching sessions to my clients, things I read, things I do research around. I combine all those hacks and all those methods to create an episode. This week, a listener asked me a question about his struggle with criticism. And I thought that's so relatable. Why can't we deal with criticism easily? Why do most of us feel shaken in the face of ridicule? What can we do to deal with it? Let's explore all these questions on our next episode on Friday. Another frequently asked topic is around graphology or handwriting analysis, the decoding mechanism of this show. Each month, I teach my graphology masterclass to a few handpicked students. At the end of this four-session long process or intense course, you may say, each participant is equipped to understand and accept personalities and behaviors at a deeper level. Visit my website aditisurana.com if you would like to learn more about yourself or someone you love, someone you care about. If you like this podcast, then don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Let's connect on Friday. Till then, happy writing. Beta, did you know 79% of all scientists in NASA are Indian only? Dekho, India mein tax sirf middle class bharti hai. Everyone is just enjoying free, yaar. Aajkal ke youngsters are only interested in partying and enjoying. Unko desh ki padi hi nahi hai. Beta, tum bas shadi kar lo. Uske baad to you can enjoy life like anything. I will tell you what this country needs. This country needs 15 years of dictatorship. That is the only, the only way to become a superpower. See the Chinese, how much they've progressed. Suno, tumne ye WhatsApp forward dekha? So what's common between all of these statements? They're all absolutely rubbish. Fake WhatsApp forwards that spread like wildfire. And statements that defy any logic. They are here to debunk them all. Where are family WhatsApp groups? Worst nightmare. Where what happens when you read a book? Basically, we're just a bunch of guys who want to cut through the bullshit of everyone saying this, how it won't be true. So that the next time someone confidently squeezes out some WhatsApp or Twitter BS, you can look them dead in the eye and go, Uncle... Please sit. So join me, Joel. And me, Tushar. Every Mondays for a fresh new episode of Uncle, Please Sit. How many times have you motivated yourself to improve your sleep or lose weight or be more productive? How many times have you failed? Hi, my name is Ashton Doctor. Tune into my show, The Habit Coach Podcast, where we focus on creating small, tiny habits to improve your life instead of those big impossible tasks so make listening to me a habit every monday wednesday and friday on the ivm podcast app or ivmpodcast.com or on your favorite podcasting app